You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is my arch enemy, uh, the Ramsey Bolton of the podcast, Akiva Wienerker. Akiva, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> I'm doing great. What am I supposed to answer? <laughs> you, uh, you flayed me with uh, scheduling. Uh, I don't get it. What does that mean? Ramsey Bolton flays people? So yeah, I call but like, Ramsey. How, how did I flay you with the scheduling? Well, because you you screwed me, uh, you know, you caused me great pain and uh, you inconvenienced me. I guess being flayed is worse than an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah, probably. Who, Ramsey Bolton, what NFL team is he? Uh, would you like to guess? Yeah, who does a lot of flaying? <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles. No, nah, he's uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, because, uh, you know, he has a lot in common with Vontez Perfect. They're both insane people who like to uh, cause harm to, to hunt, uh, hunt other humans. They, uh, they break the rules all the time. For a small period of time, they actually led the North, uh, the, you know, the Northern Division, of course, the Bolton family. But uh, it was a very short time, and the, uh, the rightful rulers, which is uh, the Steelers and uh, the Starks, uh, quickly uh, replaced them. So mm-hmm. uh, Ramsey Bolton is the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's a spoiler for a podcast that we will be doing, right? No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that podcast? We're out of time. Well, you said we should. And you, you did 32 different teams as 32 different people or things from the Game of Thrones universe. I said we should, but we also don't have time. We got like six more team podcasts to do. We have a week one preview to do. We have a college football yeah. preview to do. We don't have time for that. If you want to do it on your own. Yeah, I, but I, I, I tweeted that out a couple of days ago. A lot of people have been saying you guys have to do a podcast on this. You have to discuss all 32. So I, I the problem is, yeah, that pretty soon Game of Thrones will be, you know, in the back so burner. If you want to do it, why don't you do it with someone who knows Game of Thrones much better than me? And I don't mind. <laughs> but then it's not part of the 32 fans uh, so family. So should I practice like that? I will not be on this podcast, and then, and then I won't be Breakaway on podcast. <laughs> All right, well, we're here to talk about uh, uh, something less interesting than Game of Thrones, and that's uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the 26th-ranked uh, garbage Jacksonville Jaguars. What if the Jaguars had, like, a dragon that breathed ice? Would they get a first down? Mm, well, then I'd be more. Yeah. yeah. That, would he get a first down? Yeah, I think that'd be a rule violation. I mean, I don't know. Do you have anything to say about the Jaguars? No, I mean, the Bortles handy stuff's embarrassing, but I'm sure our guest will get into it. Yeah, all right, let's bring our guest on. So here to talk about the 26th-ranked Jaguars is Malin Mishra. Uh, Malin, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. So I feel like if we had uh, done the Jaguars three weeks ago as one of the first teams, 
yeah. you would uh, there would have been a lot more optimism uh, uh, from Jaguars fans than there is uh, at this point uh, as we wrap up the preseason schedule. Uh, is that a fair assessment? Um, yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, I mean, before the preseason, we had a couple practices that were open to the public. And, um, I mean, it was the ESPN headline. I mean, as you know, Blake Bortles threw five picks. And, I mean, all uh, all offseason, we didn't do anything to address the QB position. I mean, we have Henny and and uh, Brandon Allen as our um, – and Bortles as our three quarterbacks. But, I mean, when Coughlin came in, I guess, like, I mean, we had heard that he was not a Bortles fan. And so we were all pretty happy because at least that meant we would have got, gotten some competition. Um, but that wasn't the case. And – um, before the preseason, um, I guess we did have hopes. I mean, that he, that Bortles would be a lot better. I mean, he went to California. Um, he was there for a long time. He worked on his mechanics, um, and everything we heard, at least from his side, was good. And then I guess when the lights came on, we had like um, a public scrimmage uh, for season ticket holders on um, I think a Saturday in July, and um, that's where we um, basically. Um, that's where the whole world knew that Bortles threw five picks. And, I mean, from there, um, and the weeks that came after that, I mean, they didn't really sign anybody. Um, and so I guess, like, uh, I mean, most informed Jags fans are pretty um, down about that. And when the preseason came, it didn't do anything to kind of um, help us out um, with how we felt about Bortles. Um, and, frankly, I mean, to be honest, we, we played worse than I guess uh, I expected and, um, I mean, so right now I guess Jags fans are really, um, they're on edge. They're pretty, I mean, I don't think I've met on Twitter yet. I don't think I've met a Jags fan who's completely optimistic about the season, which is pretty different from years past. So, yeah, I mean, the preseason really didn't go well for us. Hello. Sorry, sorry, one second. Yeah. No, no, just get in as quickly as you can. We started ready, but we'll do it out of order. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right, so restart your computer and whatever. Okay. All right, so, sorry about that. Sorry, that was oh, Akiva calling me to say his computer was frozen. <laughs> no worries. Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll fix yeah, that. Yeah. Um, all right, so you talked about Coughlin coming in. You know, before, and again, this is before Bortles' uh, preseason struggles started. I was very down on this team just because, first of all, Doug Marone, this is a guy who, you know, he quit on his first team in Buffalo. I think he interviewed with the, for the Jets job. He did not get that one. Uh, when the Jets turn you down, uh, you know, uh, things are not going well for you. Uh, you know, he left the Bills because he thought he'd get a better job. Two years later, he finally gets a job with Jacksonville. He's one of these hard-ass guys. He comes in and he's like, you know, no games in the locker room. We're going to tackle during, you know, preseason. And immediately guys started getting injured. And, you know, Coughlin has sort of the same attitude with, you know, if you're five minutes early, you're late. Yeah. And it just seemed like sort of a lot of rah-rah bullshit. Like, I don't think this team's issue has been that they weren't being serious enough. Um, yeah, it's funny you mention that because a lot of people that um, I've been talking to and I've heard from um, basically said that I guess the Doug Marone hire was uh, more of a reactionary hire to maybe the system, um, the culture that Gus Bradley had. I mean, uh, Marone and Coughlin are pretty much have been on the same page um, since day one, I mean, they both come from like Syracuse, and they both are from the, uh, cut from the same cloth. That's not that's not a surprise. Um, but yeah, the problem really wasn't. I mean, culture was definitely there. I mean, 
I would say, you know, the differences in the press conferences between Bradley and Marone are pretty, I mean, severe. So, you know, for the, uh, it's a, there's a pretty um, funny video on uh, Twitter that's going around for Jags fans. It shows the kind of the first press conference of Gus Bradley and Gus Bradley saying, I mean, um, you know, we're not focused on winning. Our, our sole objective is to get better. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to get better and compete every day. And uh, when Doug Marone came in, uh, I think a reporter asked him, um, you know, it, will winning be, you know, a focus as part of this new culture? And uh, I think you must have seen it. Um, Doug Marone kind of like lashed out and then Coughlin jumped in and Coughlin said, I mean, uh, you know, what the hell, like, what the hell are we doing this for? Like, I'm trying to win lunch. Um, so, well, but to, to be fair, Gus Bradley said that winning was not going to be the focus and he didn't win. I mean, he, he, he went 14 yeah. and 48. I think it's yeah. the worst winning percentage ever. For, so yeah. he, he told you what he was going to do and not yeah. do. And then he, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, kind of going back to that, um, a culture change was needed, definitely, I would say so. Um, But I mean, I guess it's gotten to a point where um, at least, you know, it's kind of too much in a sense. Um, I mean, we've had, they they had like, at one point, like, five or, or ten something like that straight padded practices i mean it was it was crazy i mean it's it was illegal by the cba but i mean um we had heard reports that you know some players were complaining about it um and that Didn't, like fournette get injured like the first week uh yeah fournette um he got like some kind of mysterious foot injury and um you know my theory on that is that um they kind of want to treat him like they did like uh, the cowboy treated elliot last year in the preseason um they just kind of gave him a couple carries um he had nine carries for 31 yards and a touchdown um, the first game, and after that, uh, he had some mysterious foot injury. Um, I've heard from you know some Twitter reports that it was uh, it was like a someone stepped on his toe, um, and I think it's just an excuse for Marone and Coughlin to kind of hold him out and you know, um, you know, keep the injury um, kind of uh, the risk low, I guess. So I mean. Uh, I mean, all accounts are he's gonna he's gonna be ready week one. So I mean, I mean that's something that's I guess we're looking forward to. Um, but yeah, I mean after that first game, he hasn't gotten a lot of carries. He hasn't gotten any carries since then. Well, speaking of injuries, uh, Dante Fowler, you know, back after missing his whole rookie year. So he you add him to the defense. Um, you know, you've also signed Calais Campbell, AJ Bouye. So they've brought in a lot of big names yeah. to help this defense. Yeah, and I mean that. Um, so, I mean, at first glance, when, look, when you look on paper, um, Jaguars defense looks great. I mean, but the problem is that, you know, in my opinion, the, the, the defense is too top-heavy. Um, we don't, we, we, you know, a problem under Dave Caldwell has been our special teams and our depth. It's, it's very poor. Um, I mean, last year we were one of the worst special team units all around. Um, and consistently we've had to deal with injuries, and when our depth comes in, um, our depth is very poor, and definitely, our, I would say our our team is really top heavy, especially defensively. Um, we have almost no cornerback depth after Ramsey and Boye. We have Colvin, who's I mean, when he's healthy, he's a decent slot corner, um, but he hasn't played uh, at all this preseason, so we don't really know um, who he is this year. Um, so I mean, cornerback depth is something that I mean, it's something that you know we still need. Um, and our defensive line didn't really get much of a push in any game, I would say, this preseason, which was really surprising because, I mean, we brought in uh, Campbell, as you said. Uh, we've got Ngakwe. We've got Fowler, um, you know, Avery Jones. Um, I guess the one mistake um, that we didn't do, that we did on the D-line was uh, cut Roy Miller. Um, I felt like maybe he could have, uh, you know, added some uh, uh, some strength to our run defense. And... Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we've been gassed by we got gassed by McCaffrey and uh, uh, Carolina's running offense. We were gassed by the Bucks. I mean, our defense has not played as well as I expected, especially on paper. When you look at how you know top heavy this defense is, it kind of makes sense. I would say. Yeah, especially. I mean, last year uh, the defense's DVR ranking was 13. So yeah. defense was not this team's problem, and they didn't really lose anybody. They've added a few pieces, but I mean, there, there's no big uh, right. losses from last season, right? Right. I mean, we cut a lot of the old veteran leadership. We cut Cinderic Marks. We cut Roy Miller. Um, so we lost like two very important kind of uh, locker room leaders in that sense, and that kind of was like the catalyst for the whole culture change thing. Um, but yeah, it's very surprising. Um, I guess the the one thing that the one move they did that I really didn't agree with at all was uh, retaining Todd. Wash, um, and you mentioned that the, the defense was 13th, um, and uh, it was 13th, and uh, the um, I think the overall defense in terms of yards per game was sixth, and um, that was kind of a misleading stat since a lot of the times, um, so Bortles would turn it over and they'd have a short field, um, so that was a little bit misleading, I would say, and, and definitely, I mean, uh, we definitely had work to do on the defense. Um, but I mean, overall, I would say it's very disappointing seeing, uh, you know, the defense performance in the preseason. And I mean, coupled with the offense, I mean, how poor we are on offense, I don't, you know, I'm not very optimistic about the Jags this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just the problem is that, you know, Blake Bortles is we've seen we've we've seen what he is now. And yeah. when, you, when you're trotting out Chad Henney as a preseason threat, it's it's hard to give your fans a lot of confidence. Uh, even that woman who uh, you know talks about the Jags stealing the show, I don't know how uh, excited she is. Even yeah. this, this, this I season. mean, the Jaguars not uh, you know doing anything in the quarterback position, in my opinion, was just gross negligence. I mean, you know, it's not even just that they didn't um, you know bring in Kaepernick. It's not just about him. They didn't bring in anyone. They didn't trade or they didn't sign anyone off the market. They didn't draft anyone. I mean, it was just gross negligence on their part. And I'm. I mean, I'm frankly, you know, stunned at, you know, the supposed culture change that was supposed to come in and everyone is supposed to be held accountable. And there was this kind of like, uh, you know, quasi like QB competition, you know, this kind of faux uh, battle between Henny and Bortles. And, you know, I mean, it just looks horrible on, you know, the team's part. I mean, the optics is so, you know, poor here. Uh, just, you know, you you open up the QB competition for, you know, a week and a half, and then you declare Bortles the winner. And, um, I mean, it's clear that he's not the option in the future. So you've got, like, a $19 million, you know, time bomb that could go off at any time. And, I mean, we're about to face the Texans week one. I mean, who they're recovering from Hurricane Harvey. They're amped up. They're they're ready to go. You know, J.J. Watt, Merciless, Clowney, they're coming in. I mean, and our O-line isn't exactly, you know, stuff of gods i mean our o-lines you know like a, a turnstile especially at the left guard position and i mean for for us to face the texans week one um and they're all amped up and emotional and i mean we haven't even figured out who our left guard is um and we're starting a rookie at left tackle i mean i i don't understand how you know the jaguars could take this risk with bortles and his 19 million dollar you know option so just to be clear so if he gets injured then he can opt in basically for next year and then they get screwed uh, so what happens is uh, if he can't pass a physical uh, next year at the start of the yeah. league year, um, then yeah, effectively he's guaranteed that money, uh, you know, for that. 50- so so would you rather them sit <laughs> sit him against the good defenses like the Texans? <laughs> Honestly, I would have preferred them to bring in someone new. But yeah, I mean, my so thought it's sort of was- like what Washington dealt with a couple of years ago with RG three, basically. Yeah, basically, and I'd rather them sit Bortles, you know, bench him for the entire year and start Henny or start Allen or start someone. Um, because I mean, with the kind of offense they run, one they run a you know run with a, um, uh, a run game, you know, a good defense, uh, you know, time possession. I mean, Henny is clearly um, 
more suited to that style of play, I would say, uh, than Bortles. I mean, I think the one reason that Marone mentioned for picking Bortles over Henny was his uh, mobility and his, you know, improvisational skills, um, which, I mean, makes sense given, you know, this poor offensive line. But, I mean, you know, to not have a solution at the QB position or, you know, at the O-line, it's just, you know, it's just poor, you know, roster construction by both Caldwell and Coughlin. Uh, I mean, how long do you think Coughlin's in it? Because, you know, he's kind of an old man. It's uh, Yeah, you know, I, it's, it's, I, I really don't know. I mean, a, lo- a lot of fans joke that, you know, you know, by week five, he'll be coaching on the sidelines and, you know, he, he'll just be overstepping Marone. Well, at least it's warm there, so we won't have to see his, yeah. like, gross frozen ears like in New York. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I honestly don't know, you know, what their what his plan is or what their plan is with, um, you know, this power division between Caldwell and Coughlin, and and I mean, I don't really know, you know, a lot of people joke on Twitter. I think Pete Prisco mentions, um, you know, by week four, or week five, we'll have Coughlin in the, um, you know, out of the booth and and and, and into the and on the sidelines. Um, so I mean, let's see. I am I'm, I'm interested to see how this like Marone Coughlin Caldwell kind of structure works out. Um. I mean, I don't know how old you are, Millen. Did you remember the first, uh, the first Coughlin experience in Jacksonville, like '97 um, when Brunel led them? You know, it was an upstart team to the AFC <laughs> Championship. I'm not that old. Um, I was born in '99, uh, but I don't okay. you know, remember that. <laughs> oh wow! I think you yeah. might, you you are probably our youngest guest ever. Then. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I remember. <laughs> I remember reading all about it. I mean, uh, you know, seeing you know clips on YouTube of, of those kind of, you know, teams and the 99 uh, championship game and, and, you know, the, the salary cap hell that we were in after that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, w- when Khan decided to bring Coughlin aboard, when the fans, you know, started buying into Coughlin's message, I guess, they were just kind of looking back to those, like, glory days and, and, and they just wanted something to cheer for. I mean, just something new after, you know, the past, you know, 10 years of misery since we've missed the uh, – since we made this 07 playoffs. All right, well, uh, Malin, you're too young to gamble then, but we're going to do this anyways. The Jaguars <laughs> over-under is at seven. You sound uh, pretty uh, negative right now and pessimistic, so would you go over or under on that seven? Honestly, I would take the under um, just because, uh, you know, at, at the QE position, we don't know what's going on, um, and we don't really know uh, this defense, um, how they're going to come out week one, especially with um, – uh, Boye and Ramsey not playing as much in the preseason as we thought they would have. Um, and there's a lot of injuries along the D-line and season um, uh, at the D-line o- along the whole defense. So, I mean, let's see. I would definitely take the under, though. I mean, the highest I've heard anyone uh, speak, uh, you know, project the Jaguars is probably eight wins. Um, and from people that, you know, I, I know and people that I talk to, people are expecting mostly somewhere around, you know, four to six games, I would say. Ooh, I wish I would have heard this earlier today because I picked the Jaguars in my wins pool. <laughs> I had I had the twenty sixth pick, so it was either the Jaguars or the Bills at that point. And, and you know, the, the saving grace for the Jaguars is that you know you're still in that crappy division where yeah. you know nine games max seems to win it every year. Sure. And I'm looking at the Jaguars' schedule; it's really not you know at Houston week one, and then you have to go at Pittsburgh in October. Uh, and then you play Seattle in December. But those are the only three games on the schedule that look like really tough games. I mean, there's nothing else on the schedule that isn't a winnable game. Right, and I was thinking about that um, earlier, and it was funny to me. I was thinking about it. Um, this division is, is wide open. I mean, Tennessee clearly has you know the best QB situation uh, in the division. Um, but, I mean, the whole division is dealing with you know all these injuries. Um, you know, the Colts 
are missing luck and they're in there you know we don't know about luck and Vontae davis now is a going injury and um i mean we're playing the texans week one um i mean they're you know dealing with harvey right now and 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 you know they're not moving the game from houston um and i mean they're starting savage who's just a career backup in my opinion um so i mean the division is definitely there for the taking and i mean the fate of this team rests on rests on Bortles' you know shoulders. Um, if he can just limit turnovers, if he can get you know the occasional deep throw, um, you know, just two deep throws a game. If he can hit those two deep throws, I mean, I think we'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the with the way you know Jags fans have been abused over the past you know five years, um, I think a lot of us are kind of in a wait and see approach. Um, we, I mean. In, We've been declared like you know back to back off season champions, um, for <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of like you know now we're tired of being let down. We want to you know we're kind of in like a wait and see approach. I would say. Yeah, it's. I mean, it really is incredible uh, because you've been in that bad division for the last five or six years, but yet your win totals have been you know going backwards three yeah. five three four two five. So five games is the most that this team has won uh, this entire decade, which is uh, really pretty incredible. So how that over under was set at seven, I have no idea. I have no idea. It's honestly stunning. I mean, the division is wide open, and and for the Jaguars not to take advantage of you know the past couple of years where you know the QB play for the, you know across the board for the AFC South has been very poor. Um, and I mean, for us not to be able to take advantage of this window, I mean, with the, with the Titans coming up, as I would say, probably the, the number one long-term threat um, to the AFC South, I mean, it's kind of disappointing to see that we wasted those years in the past. Um, but I mean, if we can just fix, you know, a couple positions here and there, and if we can just get some depth, then maybe we have a shot. But I mean, most, you know, most, if not all Jags fans would definitely tell you to bet the under on that uh, seven win total. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Millen. Well, uh, you know, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Our youngest guest ever. Okay. And when you're not in, in school, I would assume you're uh, you're writing for Big Cat Country, right? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm writing for uh, Big Cat Country. I'm also writing for the Vanderbilt Hustler. Um, so I just I just cover the Commodores, um, uh, the, their sports section. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, thank you guys for having me. Um, I think this is the first po- first podcast that I've done, so it was really cool uh, to be able to do this, and uh, it was a lot of fun. All right. Well, uh, thanks very much, Melinda. Uh, good luck to the Jaguars this year uh, in your battle with the Jets, perhaps for uh, the top draft pick. <laughs> I mean, we we don't even win those anyway. We've never had the top draft pick either, so uh, we'll see. But wait, wait, hold on. Even the year that they went two and fourteen, what, that was, let me see. That was two thousand twelve. Yeah, we drafted Doko that year, I think, with the second overall yeah. pick. So okay. we've never had the first overall pick in our franchise's history. So we can't even lose correctly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, Akiva. So we can catch Melind on Twitter at MarHSim. That's M-A-R-H-S-I-M. And uh, we'll be following him to see his uh, his depressed tweets about the uh, crappy Jaguars this year as they battle with your Jets for the uh, number one pick. Oh, they're not battling with the Jets for the number one pick. We are in another league when it comes to the number one. All right, Akiva, we'll be back tomorrow with another team. Bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.